hello, hello. Welcome back to No Funk and Strictly Monk and the only podcast that went, that's album went platinum with no funkin'. I'm, is that a phrase, no platinum with no features? I know that was the thing that J. Cole tried to make a thing. But anyway, I'm one of your co-hosts, J. Christy Jones. I was by Andre Barrera. Andre, how are you? Ah, uh, hey, man. I'm good. I'm good. Um, just, you know, uh, yeah, I'm good. Sorry. I'm <laughs> just, like, a little thrown off by the situation that's occurring in my household. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you got a rap problem, and by that, of course, uh, there's a person who's going to tell on the Fed, who's ta- talking to the Feds about you. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, tonight, let's just say they're going to be sleeping with the fishes. Mm-hmm, exactly. Honestly, always great to admit to stuff like that on a podcast, you know. Uh, it's just really yeah. good to put it out there. But uh, anyway, when I here to talk about uh, your criminal conspiracies. Um, <laughs> although we are talking about a We're criminal talking about somebody's, yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah, about yeah. somebody's. We're talking about Mr. Monk and the bully. Um, what do you think of this episode generally? Um, it was, eh. Honestly, we've, we've discussed it, and I'm not going to beat it to death, but... It's definitely been very tough to root for our our, our friend Adrian Monk. Um, he's just he seems to have regressed in a lot of ways um, in that capacity. But also, I did really enjoy it because I'm actually I th- I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before, but I'm in the middle of a, an Americans rewatch, mm-hmm. so I get to see Stan Beeman again, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so it was nice to see his face. See, I think that this episode, I like this episode more than a lot of the other episodes where Monk is being intolerable, because I like that he doesn't win at the end at all, which I feel like a lot of the ones where he's intolerable, especially Mr. Monk is on wheels, it lets him off the hook at the end, whereas this one it really doesn't. It's It still is annoying a lot, but it definitely feels more, um, it doesn't feel like it's throwing away his integrity in order to, um, like, if the episode had ended with, like, Roderick actually like losing and having a shitty day and like Monk being happy about it, then that would su- that would suck <laughs> worse. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I did was I was kind of let down by in the end. Um, like I like Noah Emmerich a lot, mm-hmm. and um, you know he's okay in this episode. Uh, he just he just has um, unfortunately he didn't see how serious what he did to Monk actually mm-hmm. was or he didn't like yeah. choose to see it so that was it, kind of disappointing to me it it felt like he had and i think this is probably in the writing i don't think it's a, his problem but it yeah. felt like it was unclear like i think you kind of need to make the choice of whether or not you're going to play him as someone who is a nice normal person or someone who still doesn't think he did anything wrong and like i think that while Monk obviously is overreacting about all the stuff about still being scarred from bullying, this dude is, like, a grown adult, and he's definitely met people with mental illnesses before. I just don't believe that he would be so unwilling to be like, hey, man, I'm sorry that I did. Like, I just... I simul... Most grown, normal, well-adjusted people are willing to apologize for things that they think someone might be overreacting about because they realize that they people interpret things differently. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't believe that a character will be a, this nice of a, a normal good guy, but also still be like, oh, like, 30 minutes into the episode, still being like, oh, we were just horsing around. It's like, no, clearly Monk exactly. doesn't see it that way. Like, exactly. I, at some point, you have to meet Monk at his level, even if you don't agree with it yourself. Yes, yeah. That's the thing. It's like, everything else seemed pretty decent, but the fact that he couldn't, connect on that level or like or admit to it was just, mm-hmm. it didn't sit right with me and, and i think the thing that didn't sit right with me about it is that it didn't feel like that was a choice meaning that he's not actually a good guy it felt like it felt like it was the episode was obviously i don't want the episode to take monk's side in the issue but it felt like it was taking 
Roderick's side more than I would like it to. Because, like, while I think that, obviously, Roderick didn't actually ruin Monk's life by giving him swirlies, that really was a horrible thing to do to someone. And, like, especially because he was specifically doing it because of his OCD and stuff like that, is actually bad. And, like, I don't kind of like... Like, I guess... And I actually want to talk about this. But in my experience growing up, no, no one... I don't know anyone who got a swirly in real life. Like, I just, this is not something that happened... I, I, did you know anyone got swirlies? Uh, no. Um, no, that never happened. Uh, the worst that I ever got was I definitely got, like, my backpack, like, put in the toilet and flushed sure. quite a few times. Uh, but never, like, my head or, or no. anything like the that. Worst, no. The worst thing that happened is I remember on National Pantsing Day, which is, of course, not an actual day in sixth grade, I got pantsed. And, um... How, how badly? All completely badly. All the way down, and I was 11, <laughs> and this is before I grew out of wearing briefs, so I was not wearing boxers. It was a really bad day for me. Really less than ideal. Um, and oh, you know man. what? The person who did it, like, I, he's very, 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 very lucky that I am not still in the back of my head, excuse me, scared of him beating me up, because I would say his full first and last name. Um, but anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I'm gonna bleep that. But, um, so... <laughs> But also the thing is too is that like I'm not gonna pretend like I'm blameless. I definitely did. Um, I did my share, fair share of teasing some kids. Uh, sixth, sixth grade was really the moment when I did my was bullied the most, and the only time I ever bullied someone else. But I guess my whole point is that, it, at least as far as I could see, and I could have just been missing a ab- rampant abuse going on. I never felt I felt like bullying in movies and TV shows was always so much more violent and dramatic than it was in real life. In real life, it's mostly words. It's not so much hurting people it's very subtle for sure mm-hmm. um yeah no I, I i completely i i hear you on that um i i mean i went to private high school and yeah. don't get me wrong there was definitely like you know popular kids mm-hmm. and then there was just like i was kind of like the middle class of that mm-hmm. i wasn't like yeah. a fucking nerd or anything mm-hmm. but i definitely wasn't popular mm-hmm. um but like even like the nerds they never got like nobody ever got punked like that at all yeah. like ever yeah. so same with, i just i can't i could never relate to the stuff that, this that. same with my high school i think the big thing too especially in my high school is that because there was not really anyone who's super super rich the the popular class the, the classes weren't really like stratified based on income and stuff so there wasn't like that type of thing and also i think generally most of the popular kids were also kids who were in like you know ap chem so you really couldn't... Really? So, yeah. I, I, I mean, oh, my best friend was a uh, student government president and, like, you know, was in all AP and DC classes and all that. Um, and so, like, I was not... I wouldn't say I was one of the popular kids, but I would say I was probably in the top, like, 15 percentile just because... I mean, because as you can tell by this podcast, I can't shut up. So, like, the thing with most nerdy kids... The reason why nerdy kids get picked on, generally speaking, as far as I can tell, is because they're shy and reticent, you know? Like... No, people who get picked on tend not to be people who are very outspoken and talk all the time like me, which is the only reason I wasn't bullied, because everything about me was very bullyable. Um, but uh, I think that... I, I also just think that things have gotten better. While, obviously, with, like, social media and stuff, there's a horrible side rulings like that, but I just could not imagine... I don't even know what my school would do if someone got, like, a wedgie in front of everyone. You know what I mean? Like, in movies and TV shows, there's just, like, one teacher comes over like, Broderick, you gotta stop that! Whereas I feel like that would be, like, a five-alarm fire if that ever happened in my school, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean, oh man, okay, yeah, uh, so uh, I'm gonna tell, no, I'll, I'll tell you about this off camera. Okay, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Alright, let's get to it. Yeah, yeah, um, so, Monk, is, he's cooking, he's doing some cooking, he's in the kitchen cooking, cooking, um, and, uh, he's accidentally stains an apron, which isn't important, but Natalie's on the phone, she's having yep. good interaction, um, 
and she goes up to Bunk and says that the drought is over. And of course, this is like 2007, so she could be referring to one of Lil Wayne's mixtapes, The Drought. Um, nothing. There it is. Okay. No, 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 no. no. Get, no, no that's good. You're familiar. You remember, you remember what he did to Drought? Where, and I remember he used to release a Drought mixtape if he hadn't released a mixtape in like eight months, which is really funny. <laughs> no, for sure. Um, I just, I honestly, at this point in my head, that's why I kind of went blank. I was just picturing Monk and Natalie like just listening to the Drought like in his oh. apartment. Yeah, I don't remember. I, I I just remember that he did that. I couldn't tell you any of the songs off of the drought too. Um, anyway, but he says she's like his name is Roderick Brody, um, and he says you went to school with him and you're old friends. And we see Monk. He's taking some chicken out of the oven, and then he gets a flashback, and we see little Monk, but not the same little Monk because that kid's older now. It's a different kid who looks less like Monk. Correct. Um, um, and you know what? When she when he when he said that they're old friends, you know <laughs> there there's some there's some friends you have in your life that you don't have as intimate moments as someone holding you in their arms and putting your head into a toilet. That is true. But he um, ends up, he's, Little Monk is in the bathroom at school washing his hands, and Roderick and one and some other kid, who we never get the name of, uh, come in and say, it, they look at his watch, and what time is it? It's, uh, it's 2.25, which happens to coincide with swirly time. Um, yeah. Which okay, if we're if we're trying to like if I'm trying to be into the mind of a bully, um, if it's two twenty five, you're very close to going home. I feel like if you're gonna swirly someone, you should do that at the beginning of the day. Oh, so I was thinking parents, the same thing. Yeah, their parents aren't gonna see it. Like if they get picked up after school, like his, his mm-hmm. he will have dried, or maybe like fresh after gym class, or maybe right before gym yeah. class. You know, you gotta mm-hmm. plan this out a little better. Yeah, it seemed really irresponsible, and also especially because it's like I don't know. It it, it just feels like because there's just more. You can enjoy it more because if it's two forty-five, yeah. and it's like okay, you have one class left of the day or whatever. But yeah. if it's you know eight in the morning, the school just started. You got to watch him go around with wet hair the whole day. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, I do love that Monk says, uh, "No, this watch is two minutes fast." As as if it's what time's the real time. Um, I'll and be back so in two minutes. we then see he gets go and get the swirly, and then we cut back to present day. And Monk, it was pretty a pretty good portrayal of a swirly. I gotta say, yeah, uh, Monk is holding a pan, a roasting pan from the oven with his bare hand. And yeah. he just says, my hand hurts, because he's not using potholders. That's how traumatized he is. Yeah, um, and moral of the story, uh, I'm going to get some potholders along with the tape that you use to trap rats. So Now, potholders, I have burned my hand. I remember I, because I like to use uh, pans that could go in the oven, you know, for, like cast iron pans, stuff like that, because yeah. that's good for cooking. Um and for one your shakshuka time, or what? What? For your shakshuka? No, that's not. I'm not I just honestly mostly. Th- I just like to use cast iron for like basic things. Like I think it's just like the difference if you start like a chicken breast with the skin on on the on the stove, get it crispy, and then put it in the oven to finish. Like it just elevates any food. I, okay, I need to I need to get on that level because I'm just like I never understood why they do that like on chopped or whatever like where they. Start on the stove and then they move it. To See, the, the thing is, I have a very limited palate. I, as I always joke, I have the palate of an eight-year-old, which has really made me having to adjust to not eating wheat anymore really fun and great. I'm a big fan of having to do that, but because of that, I really mm-hmm. like to lean into simple tricks to make things better More that dynamic. are not like like just some simple things you can do to make a basic thing you eat on any day better. You know what I mean? And so, like yeah. doing stuff like that is just starting something on stove, or even if you don't want to have to do that. Um, a baking I like to do is to take, uh, like, have, like, a good, clean, um, roasting, uh, tray, 
that's like not one that's like super rusted or whatever, like a new one. Don't don't put any um, tin foil on it. Put it in the oven at like 500 degrees. Then lower the temperature to what you're going to cook the chicken on. Put the chicken skin side down so it basically functions as a hot pan. Stuff like that. You know, just little tricks just to make okay. things taste better. Anyway, that's Jake's cooking corner with things he picked up watching YouTube videos one time. So, um, I do live the monk says he's back. And then we look at the sink and the sink basically looks <clears throat> like a toilet. Um, nice transition. Mm-hmm. And then we go to the theme song. And then we come back and we're with Dr. Bell. Yeah, we're at Dr. Bell's office, and, um, you know, they're talking about what is occurring, obviously. You know, it's a pretty big thing. I, under- I mean, completely understandable that's, like, you go straight to your uh, therapist if this is a, it was a very yes formative experience in your life. Only had to do that once, that I had to squeeze get squeezed in by a therapist, which is, good. honestly, a little surprising. You, you would surprise maybe more than once, but just once. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, they're talking about... Uh, Roderick Bully, the bully from middle school, and um, and Monk, you know, he's a little skeptical of why Rod is back to to back in his life, right? He suspects mm-hmm. exactly. That that's what, and also Rory. that's what that's what um, a woman who was celibate for a while says. I'm just skeptical of why Rod's back in my life. <laughs> oh my god! All right. I'm so sorry. Really, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's fine. Um, so yeah, so Monk thinks that he's just back for more swirlies, uh, but you know, Doctor Bell, and you know. Uh, in his right mind, not to say that Monk isn't, but he... he well, no, Monk he isn't. Seems, yeah, okay, yeah. But he's, uh, you know, he's a little bit... He, he, he doesn't believe that that's the case. He thinks that, you know, he might actually just need some help with something. And yeah. the funny thing about this was, I mean, I know we're not, like... I know that we're not... We don't sit in on all the therapy sessions. Like, mm. we don't hear all of it. But I find yeah. it incredibly hard to believe that he would have opened up about it the first time they met when we I clearly agree. saw how apprehensive he was. I agree. I also think it is just kind of one of the hard things to do about any TV show is that – and I'm just willing to go with it because I know how TV works. But, like, it's hard for me to believe that he talks about it in therapy all the time because we spend mm. a lot of time with him in therapy and just like, oh, we finally just bringing this up. It's like, it's kind of the whole th- problem of when, if in season one you offhandedly mention that a character t- has a sister, and then you're like, oh crap, I thought of this great script where she has a brother, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't, it's kind of just a thing that has to happen. I do just love, though, the mental image of Monk sincerely believing that a grown man is like, oh, after 40s, I'm finally back to give him more swirlies, that <laughs> he's actually inviting him over just to stick his head in the toilet. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm sure uh, maybe this happens in real life where uh, a bully wants to reconnect with uh, their... their, I'll say this, I doubt it. (laughs) I doubt that this is ever I doubt it, I doubt it, but maybe, you can't say for sure. Yeah, um, so, now, and I just want to say, in my defense, the the kid I teased most when I was in sixth grade, and this only happened for like a two-week span, me and this other kid teased a kid, in my defense, his favorite movie was the movie Biodome, and he would sing the song from it all the time, so I think he deserved it a little bit. Anyway. Um, Biodome is a great movie. Never um, seen it. I just know that it's, it's Polly Shore and Stephen Baldwin, and they eat their toenails off with their mouths. So. I don't even remember that, but I just, well, it was... It was a thing. Anyway. Um, uh, less of a fan of, uh, what's that other movie with Steve Baldwin? Uh, oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. Encino Man. Very good movie, too. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I'm not on the Pauly Shore oof. Um, anyway. Uh, I'm sorry. That was Brendan Fraser. No, but Pauly Shore was in that, too. No, no, no. But I said Stephen Baldwin. So I was oh, right, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Monk says that Broderick bullying him ruined his childhood. That was when his childhood ended. Which doesn't really bring that true to me, because clearly his childhood ended not when his at dad all. left. Not at all. 
Like clearly, yeah. that's when his childhood ends. Let's not be stupid. Um, yeah, and he even like he even like verbalizes it as like giving Rod as much credit for the way that his life turned out yeah. as much as Trudy, which like no, no, my friend, no. that is not no. true. No, if he said his dad leaving, then yes, I I believe that. Yeah, Rod, no. Um, and so then I love Doctor Bell says, you know, when I was in school, I had a bully, and he would meet me by the bike rack. And I do like that Monk cuts mom and says, "Let me just type that. You want your father advice?" And he says, "If you don't stand up to him, I do like that he skips through the whole story." Um, oh yeah, yeah, same. I'm, I'm glad that that was a nice little touch. I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Monk desperately wants to cancel on Rod, but Natalie won't let him because you know they're like, mm-hmm. like we've said before, there was a drought. They need the cases. They need mm-hmm. some cash. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And Monk, desperate, Monk desperately wants to get, like, a, a note, as if you were to get a note from your parents, like, hey, I, my kid is sick, he can't go in. He wants a or note he, from Dr. Bell to excuse him. Or participate in gym class. Yeah. Did you ever get a note saying you can't participate in gym class? No, I like gym class. It was fine with Yeah, me. I think. I was, yeah, I was uh, not good at gym class, but I didn't hate gym class enough to want a note from it. Um, yeah, I only ever wanted a note when, like, I had, like, a test I didn't study for. Hmm. Um, anyway... Uh, also, my gym class was, like, only male. I don't know if people have co-ed gym classes, but mine was yeah, just course. male. So, like, yeah. there's nothing to be embarrassed about I mean, going to gym. I mean, every cl- you think in a public school, the gym classes aren't co-ed? They could be. No, my, no mine are. wasn't co-ed. No, that's oh, what I'm yeah. saying. But you said, I don't know if people have co-ed gym classes. Of course they do. They didn't bring in to split right. up gym classes, men and female, in public school. Um, I, I mean, I guess they I could. I, I, I don't I can't even think of like an example of like why I know that they, sometimes there's like gym classes with like they happen to be in the same area but there but it's I like mean, you're doing the same sports at the there, same time it like depends. you're not playing basketball together it depends yes if it was like team sports then they, they would be split up but the class itself would be together and then a lot of it at least for my gym classes was physical activities that weren't necessarily team sports mm-hmm. there was a team sports that you could take uh, at later on but like the f- the mandatory freshman gym class for example was something that it was like all like a lot about running and um different uh things that were not competitive sports so it was co-ed anyway. i guess for i guess for us it was like they kind of well obviously i went to catholic school so yeah. I, I almost want to i suspect that the reason they wanted us to like not be in the same class is because you have like a bunch of horny 13 14 oh, year olds I know that's seeing girls run for the first time so i think yeah. that's probably why we they, they did it like it, that it is and it is just so ironic that with how much the catholic church is about celibacy how they think about people being horny more than any other group of people in the world <laughs> no yeah. one anyway um so uh you know Dr. Bell basically, yeah, Dr. Bell says that, no, I'm not going to sign a note, and that this is a good thing, that you could confront your fears, you know? And so, um... To which I respond, uh, welcome, uh, let me introduce you to Adrian Monk, the man who famously wants to confront all of his fears. Yes. Now, confronting your fears is good, I will say that. Yes. As someone who has confronted multiple OCD fears, it does, the thing is avoidance. Every time you give in to a fear or compulsion, it makes it harder to, to get over it the next time. Um... And so, uh, I do recommend that Monk do, does see him, but Monk's not, doesn't want to. Anyway, um, then Dr. Bell is going to give him back the note, but he realizes that Monk's just going to forge his signature, so he, they kind of fight over it. And then yeah. we we go to Roderick House, which is a very, very nice house, which really belies the whole thing that every bullied kid's mother tells him of, you're going to be his boss one day, because um, Roderick right. really won. Yeah, he, uh, he's doing good things. He's in the FBI now. Uh, no, and it's funny, so, like, they're out there, like, waiting to, like, go inside of his house, and right before they ring the doorbell, Monk brings out 
uh, you know, some props. Uh, he he needs something. He he's prepared. He's prepared for a, 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 a surprise swirly that might occur. So he's brought a shower cap with him because mercifully. Sometimes Rod would let him wear a shower cap. Which, you know what? What's the whole point of a swirly if you're just going to let him wear a shower cap? I mean, that is a really good point. Um, and so... Um, but that's nice. Yeah. So, but I just looked up the kid who pants me. Is, if, assuming it's the right Facebook page, he's coaching a high school football at some level. So, I don't know. I I might be technically doing better than him, but it's not... I don't feel good about it. Um, I'm sure he's happier than you are. Oh, that's not that question. <laughs> yeah, that's a low bar. Um... And so, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I know, and I'm also I'm sure that he also is taller than me and has a better BMI. You know, these are all things that are, actually, my BMI is not that terrible. But he he was skinny at the time, so I'm assuming he does. Um, anyway, uh, so Roderick, um, oh, so we meet Marilyn, his his wife. Don't feel bad. I, honestly, I, it was fine. No, 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 man. I'm just like, it's so fucking hilarious that this dude who pants to you, like, 12 years ago, or how, I don't know how long it was. Ago, no, also the thing is, and the thing you have to keep in mind is, I honestly, it honestly is not that big of a deal to me. I really, there are very... Did he, did he do it, did he do it in front of girls? Yeah, but I was like in sixth grade, so that was not something that I cared about, <laughs> that, I cared about that much. Um, I cared that it was around other people. Um, but, uh, also, because like, also, I've been me my entire life, so it's not like that there's any girl who was really interested in me, and then she saw me get pants. Like, it just, I was me, you know? But, uh, anyway. This is really me! Yeah. But, uh, the thing is, like, there are a lot of very small moments in my life that I will openly talk about being traumatic that I legitimately is not actually that big of a deal in my life, so I don't actually harbor any resentment. It's just that my memory is such that, like, I remember almost everyone I went to sixth grade's name, and I, of course I'm not going to forget that kid's name. And so, yeah, I don't actually resent him. I hope he's doing well. Um, but, uh... I mean, but I hope he's doing a little less well than I would the average person I went to sixth grade with. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I generally yeah, would fair. wish well for most of the people I went to school with. Him, I wouldn't. But anyway, we meet Marilyn, played by Julie Bowen, which is crazy because this is like a year before Modern Family starts, and she became like, uh, you know, A-list actress. Which, her career's crazy, because she was like the female lead in Happy Gilmore, and then her career basically plummeted to the point where she was just an afterthought in a Monk episode. Yeah, no, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, uh, God bless her agent that got her that audition at uh, for Modern Family. Yes, um, and so we learn about her that they had a very small wedding at their at their estate, um, and it was because apparently she was adopted. Hint, hint, and the only family she has is an aunt in Texas who didn't come. An aunt or an aunt? Sorry, an aunt in Texas. Yeah. Um, and so she's, uh, you know, Monk is, like, trying to weasel his way out of there at some point, and <clears throat> she mentions that he's just upstairs, so he's, she's gonna go grab him real yeah. quick, and, um, and then, you know, Natalie starts talking about, like, oh, like, she seems like a nice woman, or, like, or mm. something, or maybe... No, it's like, how could, nice how person? could he be bad if she's such a nice lady, is what she said. And, it, and my favorite line yeah. of the episode is, yeah. Eva Braun took in stray puppies. <laughs> That's great. I love when Monk says, like... Wherever Monk gets that tone is always just, it's always my favorite. It was super dark, though, because I was yeah. like, wait, Eva Braun, is that who yes. Madonna played in that movie? No, that's a different one. No, that's Eva Peron. Eva Peron, Which is close. Yeah. Peron, yeah. yeah. I just wanted to say yeah. it in the same cadence, but yes. Um, and, uh, so... I'm going to hear a toilet flush. Yes. Right? And I, yes. And Monk says <laughs> that he's warming up. He's warming up is a, such a funny line. I'm sorry. 
Like, I'll be honest with you, I definitely like this episode more than you, because I, I find most of this stuff funny. Um, no, it is funny. I just fucking can't stand Monk, like, Yes, I, I guess the thing is, I think that, well, like I said, I think the difference between this one is the episode is so clearly not on his side that I don't mind it as much. That, like, yeah. it doesn't, at no point does the episode confuse you in thinking that he's, excuse me, in the right at all. Yeah, fair. So, so he so Rod comes down the stairs and uh, as I mentioned before he's played by Noah Emmerich, um, you know great great actor. Uh, would you describe him as a character actor? I yes, don't know definitely. what a character actor is. It's just someone that plays random people from time a character to time. Actor, a character actor is someone who doesn't play the lead roles that often, who has a distinct okay. look, meaning they really can't play just like um, anyone. Um, well, it's basically no, just if, like an if, actor. Okay, if Noah Emmerich was on the Americans and the credits have him. As the last person, and it says, and Noah Emmerich, That's, would that technically be a lead? No, it's not a lead. Matthew Reese is the lead of the Americans. Or is the male lead of the Kerry Americans. Carrie Russell. And also, yeah, they, they're the co-leads. But, I mean, and technically speaking, with TV, it's a little different. So, okay, so what So what does it mean when you have and at the end? I thought that was And, all... okay, do you want to actually know? Okay. So, yeah, yeah. that the people who tend to get paid the most for a movie or a TV show are the first and or second bills, right? Right. But the and or with means that you get more than the other random cast members before you. So if there's like 10 cast members, the top person, the first build and the second build are probably getting paid the most. And then the next most is the with or the and. And every, like, so and the, it's kind of. And the with and the with and the and always has to be at the end of the credits. Exactly. And the with or the and are someone who's not the lead of the movie or TV show, but they're a big enough thing where they're getting paid more than the average non lead of the movie, if that makes sense. Okay. So, so, so. In other words, Noah Emmerich got paid more for this episode than Jason Gray Sanford. Ex- for this episode, no, because he was a guest star. But on the Americans, oh right, oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It, gotcha. On the Americans, Noah Emmerich got paid more than uh, Holly Taylor face, than Costa Ronan. Um, Ooh, Costa Ronan's my guy, man. I love Costa Ronan. Oleg Borov. You uh, hey, don't forget he was in friggin' Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You and know. Yev Yevgeny from uh, Homeland. Uh huh. Exactly. Um. And so, yeah, so do you understand what I'm saying? Like, he yeah, gets yeah. paid more than the average cast member, but not the top cast member. The way I always gotcha. think about it, the way I learned it was with Community, where Chevy, it was and Chevy Chase, but with Ken Jeong and Chevy Chase. And Joel McHale made more than Chevy Chase, but Chevy Chase made more than everyone who wasn't Joel McHale. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. I love with an ants. I'm obsessed with how that gets decided. You get some movies where it's like, how the hell did, like, what, like for example, X-Men, the year 2000. How is Anna Paquin the and? How is... What? Anyway. Um, what was that movie that she come home or something with all the geese? The geese? I don't... That's just above my pay grade. Um, just, uh, there's a movie where Anna Paquin and geese? Yeah, where she, like, has, like, some... She has, like, some sort of, like, uh, bicycle, like, kind of, like, flying kite thing. Yeah, that it, feels um, like a thing that didn't leave the 90s, honestly. Um, uh, fuck. It's, like, away from home? I don't know. All right, go sure. on. Sure, I'm sure it exists. Um, but anyway... Uh, he comes down and he wants to shake Monk's hand. He's like, "Oh, you still got that germ thing." And anyway, fly fly away home. Yeah, fly away it home. Was, yeah, it was about Sarah training Canada geese to follow his ultralight aircraft and success and succeeded in leading their migration. So they oh, like, I think basically I've heard. migrated I, birds on purpose. That's nice. Um, and anyway, that uh, we then learn that Monk that there's a nice porcelain statue they got that Mar- um, uh, Marilyn picked up, um, and uh, I love that. He says, you just, I don't need to tell you about porcelain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it appears that Rod still is a dick. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that kind of sucks. Because, uh, mm-hmm. like I said, I like Noah Emmerich a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts going into, like, a little bit of their background. And he mentions that 
uh, Monk, I guess. He, his nickname for him was Swirly, which is kind of lazy. I feel like yeah. he could have come up with something a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, he wants to, like, get to the nitty-gritty, so he invites Natalie and Monk to the to study. study. Yeah. Um, and they're going to they're gonna figure out what this is all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rod says, you know, I heard you went crazy. Was it funny crazy or sad crazy? And Natalie says funny crazy and Monk says sad crazy. And then Monk pulls out a note card basically saying that you tro- stole my childhood. I'm a broken man. I will never forget or forgive you. And then Roger says, so sad crazy. Yeah, and this is like, I mean, he to Monk's credit, I thought he was going to weasel around the whole mm-hmm. thing and like, you know, eventually tell him about like what happened. But he like right off rip tells him basically like how he ruined yeah. his life. Yeah. And still Rod appears to be non-apologetic. Yeah, I guess the thing is, the thing that frustrates me about Rod in the episode is it's he doesn't actually feel unapologetic. He seems like he doesn't get it the whole time, which I just don't believe. Like he seems right. like he just doesn't. He has. He can't fathom how this exactly would have had and an like and 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 I just like don't think that people are. I think people are willing to believe that people are crazy. Like I, I actually am pretty confident that he at some point would be like, "Oh, this guy really is crazy." Like at no, this point, I think he would. And, and not only that, but like. Okay, we're past the time of living in the 80s or, like, watching 80s yeah. movies where, like, people get punked and, like, they end yeah. up being okay. But, like, no, we were, like, in the 90s and the 2000s when you started to realize, like, especially after, like, Columbine and shit like that, that, like, these yeah. things have repercussions. Like, you can't yeah. just act like this means nothing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, And so, yeah, I, I think that it's kind of, like, I don't – he can still believe – that it was no big deal. But it's just like, I just don't believe that him, as someone who's like clearly an adult who made a lot of money, who is an important business, like, he just has to be a more socially aware person to know that, like, okay, I need to stop pretending. Clearly, Monk doesn't think it was just a joke. And so I'm not stop acting like that. It, it, it felt or at least, Or at least fucking pretend to be a compassionate Ex- person. Well, exactly. So you get what you, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but anyway, what we learn is that this is not about some union squabble or whatever, that he thinks that Marilyn has been stepping out on him. Um, which is, of course, rich white people for cheating. Um, oh, I thought it was, like, they used to, like, go to, like, clubs to, like, uh, have dance battles. And, yeah, they... Um, oh, that's Stepping Up. Okay. The, no, yeah, up. That she, she, she actually, okay. she was in Step Up to the Streets, um, which okay, is a great gotcha. sequel title, which I've never seen, obviously, but Step Up to the Streets. Love it. I love that. Um, I love that. Um, anyway, and, uh, apparently... And, and, she, it's, and it's to his surprise, because he thought that they were rock solid. They seemed to be a loving couple. They, uh... I mean, in his estimation, mm-hmm. and he only found out um, because apparently uh, she was. She mentioned she was going out of town with some girlfriends last week, mm-hmm. and uh, but she appeared to have never left because he happened to see her in Lafayette Square about mm-hmm. two days ago. Yeah. Um, my question is: there an, is there a Lafayette Square? In, um, I don't know. I've never been to San Francisco. Sounds about right. I mean, Marquis de Lafayette is a very important figure in American history, and a lot of things are named after him. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised, um, but uh, there's I mean there's a dorm at NYU that I lived in called Lafayette, and that's nowhere near uh, New Orleans. So, um, oh, I thought that was just named after the character from True Blood. To put them, uh, no, the character from True Blood, though, obviously named after Marquis de Lafayette, or maybe the city of Lafayette, Louisiana, which is named after Marquis de Lafayette. Well, True Blood takes place in Louisiana, so there you I'm aware it does. That's why I said it. <laughs> okay, right. Um, so yeah, uh, so obviously she did, she appears to not have been going out of town, mm-hmm. and judging from like how she looked, mm-hmm. and the way that she was walking, the pep in her step, could, the pep in her step, he could tell that she was on her way to make fucky. Exactly, she was um, as late nineties and early two thousands R and B would say she was creeping. Um. <laughs> 
she was creeping for sure. Um, and so Natalie's like, we don't take matrimonial cases, but Monk's like, no, 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 I'm gonna make, we'll make an exception. I will take the case. You're one of my oldest friends, and then they shake hands. So clearly, we know something is uh, is not on the up and up for Monk. Because one we're, thing you have to have, but we're burying the lead here. What? We're, we're, the whole this whole case is basically trying to prove that uh, Noah or that Rod is good oh. old cucky. Oh, I don't know how that did, didn't. I, yes, I don't know a, how you didn't do yeah, it, man. That's true. He honestly has very major cuck vibes cuck, in terms of cuck energy. The thing is, the, on the Blank Check podcast, which is one of the best movie podcasts around, one of the hosts of it pointed out once. I think this is true that and I think I mentioned this that Jason Clark is the most cucked actor alive, but Noah Emmerich is also has that. <laughs> is he really? Too. Well, no, I don't know, literally, but, like, think about how many movies the plot is that Jason Clark's wife cheats on him. <laughs> like, off the top of my head, I can name two. <laughs> I can like, only name The Great Gatsby. Well, The Great Gatsby, Catch I feel like, the, and also the movie, the new uh, Serenity movie with Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway, he gets cheated on a bunch. Um, oh, isn't that the movie that's, like, really horrible? Yeah, but the but I think, the thing with The Great Gatsby is, I feel like that is, like, the most famously cucked character in movie history, you know? Like, because he plays, uh, whatever, George Buchanan's. George Wilson? Yeah, Buchanan's, like, he, Isla Fisher plays his wife, and she's, like, the woman that uh, Nick Buchanan cheats on Daisy with. And, like, right. that's and that's such a, and, you know, he's just, like, a, a guy who owns a car shop, and it's like, yeah, you know, go, you go in your city with your friends, and, you know, she gets cheated on. So, shouts to him. But Noah Emmerich definitely has that energy, too. I forget, because I haven't watched The Americans, but does he get cucked? Does his wife cheat no, on No, he, he, he cucks his wife. Well, yeah, I know that he gets, he knocks boots with uh, Nina. Oh, no, then eventually, yeah, she starts seeing someone, like, while they're married, but, like, it's after, like, she already knows that he's fucking around. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, and so it's not, like, unforgivable, but anyway. Yeah. So, um, after Monk leaves the house, he is so happy, because he realizes that she's probably cheating on him, and that Monk will get his revenge by telling Roderick that his wife is cheating on him and will ruin his life. Yeah, which is, like, a deeply, um cynical uh way to feel about things like mm-hmm. i get like as someone specifically monk as someone that has that was married and someone that loved his wife terribly dearly like i just don't see how you could take any joy in in someone in an I, affair in i any think way. that monk the thing the problem he has is that he is unable to understand people like, he, he views people in a completely binary fashion, where if someone is someone that he cares about, then, like, or there's people that he doesn't, like, he dislikes, and then there's everyone else, and I think that he is so unable to, like, because he knows, because you're right when you say that, he would know what it would be like if someone were to tell him that he's cheating, and that's exactly why he wants to do it to Roderick, because he thinks that Rod- the problem isn't okay. that he doesn't think that it's bad to do what he's doing, the problem is that he thinks that Roderick deserves it, right? right. Like, he he's completely unable to recognize the way that the punishment might not fit the crime is I think a problem he always has where he the moment he decides that he doesn't like you nothing in the world is too steep of a punishment for you yeah which is bad it's a bad character trait yeah (laughs) Um, yeah no it's it's not great but but you know well we'll get to it yeah so we go to the corner where uh, Rod saw his wife and they decide they're going to see what direction they're going to go. Um, and what street would that happen to be on? It was on Vinton Street. Yeah. And so um, Vinton de- Street hooligans lives again. Mm-hmm. They decide which way to go because I guess one of the streets is uphill. One doesn't have anything. It's uh, I'm not going to go through it. 
and they find a cocktail bar that they think looks promising. Um, One of my favorite bars in L.A. Oh, what's that the bar? Prince. The, the Prince. The Prince. Mm. Famously has good fried chicken. If you're ever in town, we'll go. Uh, I would love to if I could eat fried chicken um, anymore. That would be great. Well, but there's other shit. I'm you kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I just I'm just being a dick. Um, but no, absolutely. Um, and so uh, I do love that he says I never knew revenge could be so sweet, and he's footing the bill for his own comeuppance. <laughs> comeuppance right. is a funny yeah. word. It yeah. Just is. It, it, yeah. No, for sure. Um, and yeah, so he's like leaning on this like karma situation that Natalie brought up in like the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. and. And that, he is functioning. You could make the argument that he is a badge-carrying member of the Karma Police. You really could say that. Oh, one hundred percent. He might be fucking. I mean, uh, police captain. And you also made the argument that he does. He talks in maths. He buzzes like a fridge, and he's like a detuned radio. You could say all those things about him. Um, wow! Wow! For a minute, uh, there so I yeah, lost so myself. Yeah. I apologize. Okay, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so they're at the Prince, and uh, you know they ask the bartender. Um, if you see Marilyn in there, and you know Monk, not the best at negotiations or bribery, uh, tries to bribe him with uh, George Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we all know, or most of us, I don't know if we have any um, international listeners, but um, uh, you know George Washington is a one dollar bill, so that's not going to get you very far in terms no. of bribing somebody. Mm-hmm. But maybe, just maybe, two George Washingtons might do the trick. But no, if you look closely. The second George Washington is not another dollar. It's a quarter. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. It's a okay, I was writing shit down, so I didn't see that. No worries. Um, and I love that when he walk, guy walks by Monk says, he's incorruptible, I'll hand him that. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then, like, you know, uh, basically uh, another, uh, yeah, one of the one of the regulars there notices. Mm-hmm. A uh, barfly. Yeah, a barfly. Tells him that not only does he know the girl. But she's right behind him. Now I have a question. You mentioned that is that is that the interior of the Prince too? Absolutely. Oh, that's yeah. a really nice bar then. No, no, no. I think I think if I'm correct, I want to even say that the interior of the bar that Nick from New Girl worked at is the same place. Hmm. But it, that's actually what the Prince looks like is on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's very old and like classic looking, but it's like actually pretty well kept. It's like randomly in like this little nook of Koreatown. You would never expect to find it there. Um, okay, so there's, I'm going on, let's see, what movies have been filmed. Okay, this is why I recognize that, because it's, it's, uh, remember when I was binging Lucifer? It's, uh, a bar that is featured heavily in episode of Lucifer. Um, it's okay. in Mad Men. Uh, it's in Twin Peaks, apparently. It's Santino's Restaurant. Um. Oh, okay, I, I mean, they t- completely, like, I, I wouldn't have noticed it. Uh, apparently it's in the movie Crank, which is a movie I have seen. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been in a bunch of stuff, so... Uh, good to know. Yeah, Prince, good bar. Good bar. I'm sure. And so, yeah, th- they decide that they're going to get a photo. Monk has a very old camera. Um, and so he first tries to use a private... That his Nana gave him. Yes. He tries to use a private eye trick that he learned where he tries to take a photo of them f- on the reflection of a spoon, um, which obviously doesn't work. So then Natalie instead asks the barfly to take a photo of them. And as they're going to take the photo on three and two and one, they uh, make like the Red Sea and they part. Yeah. And, um... You know, uh, they, in a scene picked out of the Americans, they meet uh, Rod in a car, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they're going over the evidence, and Monk hands over the photos, the incriminating photos. Mm-hmm. And there's just a couple of problems. Uh, one, it's uh, the film expired about th- 35 to 40 years ago, mm-hmm. so the pictures are incredibly dark. Actually, that's the only problem, right? Yeah. 
Um, but they said that they got his name's Douglas Fendel, um, and yeah. uh, but Roderick the, like, oh, the guy, yeah, the guy that she's cheating on yeah. him with. Roderick's like, I don't. That doesn't prove anything. I don't think it's her. And honestly, we have you know we. I just don't think that it's basically because of some events that have happened recently in the last couple of days he doesn't think that she cheated on him anymore she thinks he probably just got he thinks he just got confused because she just surprised him with tickets to a cruise right it's for like a sort of second honeymoon and you know Monk is like his his vibe just got killed he was like he was gleeful in the idea that he proved to him that he was getting cucked mm-hmm. and you know Rod is like he's obviously convinced that it's not the case anymore and he notices that Monk appears to be crying mm-hmm. um and yeah. if anyone should be crying, it should be Rod, but yeah. obviously Monk is just sad that his uh, comeuppance uh, plan has just not come to yeah. fruition. And so Roderick's giving him the check, well, the, the, I assume cash for the job, and Monk notices that he's got uh, a little, a tiny, not a big one, but a little country-baked biscuit in the glove uh-huh. compartment. Um, yeah. And, uh, and apparently uh, he has a permit, because he says it's uncertain times. Which is like, dude, I see your house, I can guess what neighborhood you live in, you do not need a gun. Full stop. Listen, normally I would agree with you, mm-hmm. but we see how many people get killed in this goddamn city. That is true. They if live you, okay, in uncertain if times. San Francisco, if San Francisco actually was as dangerous as Monk portrays it, then yes, that would be necessary. Yes. You're right. You're right, yes. you're right, you're right. Um, and so anyway, um, and so... And, and basically, Rod, Rod at this point... He wants the case to be over. He's convinced that yeah. it's just, like, there's no point in carrying on. Of course. And so then we see the next day, Monk wants a digital camera, because he's like, I gotta prove it now. I have to do it. And so, um, Monk is really excited about going back to following her, but Natalie, she wipes her hands of it. She's like, I can't do this. This is just morally and ethically fucked up, which, correct. Um, and says, yeah. you can keep doing it, I guess, but I can't help you. I know, I love it. She says... If you want to follow her, it's your right. Well, I guess it's not, but I can't help you. Right. And Monk, and she mentions that the case is over, like, you know, uh, Rod paid them, so whatever. And Monk suggests that they continue the case pro mm-hmm. bono. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll have a, a little pro bono comeuppance mm-hmm. in store for our good friend Rod. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, yeah. And so we then uh, cut to... Um, they get a call. Yeah, they get a call. And... Uh, Turns out Douglas Fendel, he uh, he bit the bullet. Well, he didn't bite the bullet because he was stabbed, but he he got murdered. Yeah, he bit the he bit the the nice the top sheet of uh, his hotel room bed. Yeah, biting the bullet actually doesn't really mean murdered anyway. That's not even what that means. Um, it just means they died, right? No, biting the bullet uh, means that like you basically nut up and do something because it's an idiom I think from World War One when bullet casings were made out of pork fat, and I think the idea was that Jewish soldiers weren't supposed to. Like you, way you get the pork fat off, you bite it off. But you were they weren't supposed to do that because it's not kosher. This could be apocryphal. This is just something I read once. Um, and so biting the bullet means that like you're in a situation where you it's against your religion, but you have to get the bullet, so you bite it off. That's probably not okay. true, but it's something I heard once. Um, okay, it's interesting. It sounds good. I get whoever made it up. If it's made up, it was good did a good job. Um, <laughs> Amazing imagination. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so. We learned he looked at his. He worked at a small law firm, and Monk is just in Chicago, and Monk is just all smirks. Yeah, yeah, because he knows what they don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and yeah, because like Dish is telling him all this stuff, and basically he's just like a smug bastard because he. And and this is like the hardest part for me, mm-hmm. is that they kind of when Sotomayor gets there and basically tells him that like, oh, so you knew the guy yeah. that died, and he basically explains the situation. 
And so what it sounds like from here is that Monk basically helped George Wendell, or sorry, George Wendell. I'm thinking about George Wendell. Went. Fucking cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the reason why Douglas Fendel is dead. Uh, or it seems that way. More importantly, did you know that George Wendell is Jason Sudeikis' uncle? Anyway, um, so is it? Yeah. So um, that makes a lot of sense. Have you seen Ted Lasso? I have not. I don't have Apple TV. I know I need to get it. This is conversation could happen off there. I've um, only seen the first episode. But go oh, okay, good. Um, so, yeah, I think that it is a moral, it's an ethical gray area, and I think it's probably why Monk normally doesn't do cheating spousal things, because, you know, like, on the one hand, I don't necessarily think that if a private eye tells someone that their spouse is cheating on them, they're responsible for the person getting murdered, but it also is not something that I would see well with me if I was the private eye. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, and, um, and, and the whole time he's just, like, Monk is very smug about it, like, he's yes. very, like, happy with it, and, like, mm. it's just, like, ugh, I fucking hated it. Yeah. Um. And so they mention, they also go over, like, some of the details, basically, housekeeping found the body that morning, he appeared to die at some point, like, last night, around 9pm, mm-hmm. and most importantly, he appeared to have been stabbed to death three times. Or, sorry, he was stabbed three times to death. With a steak knife. And as yes. Monk and Natalie are talking... Monk talks about that, it, that this would be murder in the first degree, and then that would mean that Roderick gets prison swirlies, which Monk says are not even real swirlies, which, you know, I don't even want to know what Monk is talking about, um, but uh, I think I, I assume I, I assume it, it's on, it's it's like one of those unknowable things, just kind of like... Sure, um, I'll, I think that that's the best reading of it, yeah. Like, like, how, like, uh, like ho- hobo gravy. Yeah. Uh, hey, I made you some gravy. Um, still one of the best bits. I know it's so bad, but it's just, it's just a great bit. Um, but anyway, uh, so I love when, uh, I don't love this, but I think it's funny when, um, Stoudemire is basically, like, asking about it. It's like, so he's a client? And I love that Natalie's like, we, he's a client, we can't tell you, and then Monk immediately gives him his name and address. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's not great. And, uh, he spills the beans and he gives up George immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like you said, Natalie didn't want to come forward with the information, but Monk definitely does, and so we basically cut to Rod's at the police station, and, mm-hmm. you know, they're going over the stuff, and, you know, Rod's a little confused by the whole situation, which, you know, as we know, as, as, as we all know at this point, he's not guilty no. of this crime. Because uh, apparently he has an alibi where he was at home watching a movie, um, with, uh, I, with Marilyn, I wonder what they rented. Maybe they wanted to, maybe they like cartoons and they ordered flushed away. Uh is that a movie? Um Yeah, it is. I but been, I just was I w- just I was just flushed. I just I was just doing a toilet pun. I was actually going to say they were probably watching like Double Jeopardy or something. That I mean that would make a lot of sense. Um if it wasn't a movie, maybe they're watching the Super Bowl. Um uh, okay. Yeah. Uh were the Cleveland Browns taking uh yeah. they were they were at the Super Bowl? Gotcha. Exactly. Anyway, um so, I do love Monk says, so what's going on, Rod? You look a little flushed. Get it? Yeah. And the, I bet the room's swirling all around. Your life's about to go down the drain. And he has, like, a note card. I always love when Monk has note cards. It's just always well, funny. <laughs> right. But what's annoying is that they say that they don't understand it. But clearly, this could only mean one thing. So, like, just... Yeah, that... Like, that's one thing the thing is. I think the choice to make Roderick neither apologetic nor still indignant and just make him unaware, I just am like, no. I just don't believe that that's... It's, it just feels like it doesn't... I think it would be so much more interesting, honestly, as an episode, if Roderick was mm, very nice about it, and that drove Monk more crazy. Because the thing is, if Roderick was very apologetic and nice, 
that it's not like Monk would then forgive him. Monk would that would actually just make Monk matter because Monk wants to be mad at him. You know what I mean? Like right. I think that I think it would be much 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 more interesting if Roderick was like a super nice guy and was super like, man, I'm sorry, I I, I turned my life around. My dad sent me to military school and high school, like that type of thing. You know what I mean? I think that that's this a much episode. More... This episode wouldn't exist if that were the case. I I guess and I think maybe on some level, but I think that I I think that letting him just be kind of unaware of Monk's whole deal is, like, stupid. Because I, I think that he should be more mad at Monk. Like, he should basically be like, you want me to go to jail because I bullied you in middle school? And the fact that that moment doesn't happen feels kind of lame. Because I think that, that Monk deserves that comeuppance. It, yes, yes, I agree, 100%. However, whatever happens next is the reason why that doesn't happen. Of course, of course. Um, yeah. So, uh, Marilyn comes in. Well, we think Marilyn comes in. Marilyn comes in. Um, yeah. And, uh... She says that she can't lie for him. That she says that they weren't watching a movie at all. Yeah. Uh, not only that, um, uh, she she shows up and she admits that she was in love with uh, the slain uh, Fendel. Mm-hmm. And uh, at this point, I'm convinced, all right, it's her. It, it's, it's nobody else. It of has course. to be this. Uh, but yeah, she was in love with Fendel and she told Rod about it. Mm-hmm. And Rod took off. Um, around seven thirty, uh, which would have been it lines up with the, around yep. yes, yeah, with, yeah, yeah. with more or less the, the, sure. the crime, and um, and she's lying out of her fucking teeth, man. Like yeah, she mentions, course. she yeah, she's like a little bit too forth. Like everything is just a little bit too convenient, which is like, of course. I, with seven seasons of the show, I just don't see why Sotomayor and Disher would be like, okay, open and shut case. Like, yes, I, I know that's, think, how, that's, 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 that's how it goes. The reason I think though is. Because Monk is only called in for the cases that are hard. A husband finds out that his wife is cheating and then kills the man she's cheating with, like, once a day in America. So, like, it's, like it's, I can really blame them for being like, yeah, this makes sense. Like, I, I think that... Fine, but the fact big, that she brought the murder weapon with her course. was like... That is, right. of course. I think I think that... I don't think that they would immediately... I think that some I would have some questions, but I don't think... I think they'd probably still be like, that's weird, but also, like, this guy had more... The mo- most common motive in the history of the world. You know, I think that that's the big thing. Um, yeah. But anyway, that, yeah, she brings in the bloody murder weapon, um, and Monk is... He needs to step outside. He, um... Because it's apparent... It's illegal to uh, pleasure yourself in a police station. Um, and so... It's news to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> so he's, at, he, he's outside taking in his victory, mm-hmm. and, um... He's so happy about it that he he's gonna do a cartwheel, mm-hmm. so he lays down a couple of napkins, you know, just to protect his hands, mm-hmm. and then he kind of has this thing where he goes back and forth, and he's just like, I shouldn't be celebrating like a man, man was is killed. dead. Yeah, a man is killed, um, but this feels fucking amazing because the guy who killed him was like this person that ruined yeah. my life, and then he goes back into like wanting to do the cartwheel, and then he's like, No, this is ghoulish, which Am I, I ghoul? fucking love when people. I yeah. love. The word ghoul, for whatever reason. It's, I think it's... I, the, the joke that I always love is, is I've probably seen it like four or five times, is someone uses the word ghoul, and then they say, what is a ghoul? Because no one really knows what a ghoul is. Of course, I once looked it up, and it's like kind of a hybrid between like a ghost and a demon, but that's not here or there. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And um, and so, yeah, he's, he's exhibiting some ghoul behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he admits that he can't do this, so he no. wants Natalie to do it. He wants a cartwheel by proxy, which... Got it. That's just a funny Ooh. sentence. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Isn't it weird good... that whenever I think of proxy, I always think of the bit at the end of A Long Game Polly where Philip Seymour Hoffman is Ben Stiller's proxy. You know what I'm talking about? 
Um, no? Okay. No. Okay. Just, I've seen the movie, but I don't know what the fuck It's just because the whole thing is because he, Ben Stiller's, you know, going to stop Jen Aniston from leaving New York, and Ben, but ben also has, like, a big presentation to do, and Philip Seymour Hoffman shows up, and it's like, who are you? It's like, oh, oh I'm, yes, I'm Ruben's yes. proxy. I'm his proxy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest yeah. in peace. Even Definitely. Even he left and, nothing behind for his kids. It, it, yeah, that sucks. It is, that is, like, the, you know how, like, people, they're, like, obvious answers to things that are so obvious but also true? Like, anytime there's the prompt on Twitter of what's a great performance in a bad movie, everyone always says Philip Seymour Hoffman and Long Came Polly, but also that is true. Like, it is accurate. Um, you can I'm think about to, it. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to. I thought, I, yeah, there's, I have a lot of different thoughts on this. There's a couple that I uh, go to, but Phil, that's definitely one of the classic ones. Um, anyway, uh, we'll talk about this after the show. I don't um, think Along Came Polly is a bad movie. I, fine. I'll be honest with you, I rewatched it a couple months ago. It is. It's not good. It's like, I mean, it's not opinion. horrible. It's not horrible. Like, it's not the worst of those, but it is, his performance is in a significantly better movie than Along Came Polly is. Mostly because, and this is a take that no one's gonna like, but Jennifer Aniston is just not good at, what is it, um, acting. So, that's why the movie doesn't work that well. But anyway. Um, Ethan Hawke in uh, First Reformed. That would be my choice. I've never seen that movie. But, but I'm, also, I'm, I'm one of the only people that thinks does. that movie sucks. Yeah, I've heard, the thing is, my good friend Michael Springthorpe, who I trust with movies like that, told me that it wasn't good and it is... Because, you know, there's, there's types of movies where, in the same way that there's a type of bad movie that I'm primed to like, then there's types of, like, really good prestige movies that I won't like. And, like, I kind of had the feeling that First Reformers in that genre of, like, I know this is probably objectively, like, well-made or whatever. And once he saw it and was like, Jake, this is the movie that you would not like, I'm like, okay, I don't need to see it. Um, it was pretty good. It was just, like, the ending completely fucking, like, just why... Yeah, I also just this? don't need... I don't need that energy in my life. I don't need to watch Ethan Hawke torture himself. Um, I already, uh... Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I already see, seen him make some career decisions that were basically that. Um, so... Monk then sees a gun on a police officer. He sees a biscuit, and he realizes, oh my god, Brody had a biscuit. Obviously, he wouldn't, you know, use the steak knife, right? Although that doesn't actually make sense, because of course he would use the steak knife, because the biscuit's registered to him. Like, that's a dumb... I don't really like that clue, because... Yeah, same. So much of murder shows is people not wanting to use a gun that could be registered to them. Like, that's, like, such a common thing. Um, right, or even if it is registered to them, uh, you throw that shit in the Hudson, but guess what? There's no Hudson. And or guess East what? River. And guess what? You know who's coming in right after that? Sully. He's swooping down, reaching Ooh. out of the plane to grab it. He's a, he, he, this, is, this is the second geese-related um, reference. Wow, you're right. I completely forgot, man. The goose is loose. Yeah. Um, shouts to Grey Goose. Um, anyway. Yeah, shouts to Grey Goose. I, I, I have to think of only had Grey made, Goose made, made, made at the same distillery as the Kirkland Signature Vodka. Yeah, the Kirkland Signature, I know I've had a lot of that. That's good stuff. Um, yeah, it's the same exact shit. Have you had the... I remember my parents got... And they're not even big drinkers, but because they're Costco members, they got a Kirkland Signature Vodka thing that was, I kid you not, the size of, as tall as a three-year-old child. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, they, it's the best. It's, it, you go to Costco for bulk, and guess what? You're getting alcohol I mean, in bulk, too. That, the alcohol in bulk is honestly unfucking believable it's the best thing. I, I love it. I might have to get a membership because there's a Costco in Long Island City. I might have to, might have to yes, get a... Yes, correct. Or probably, you know, I probably could just get onto my parents' membership. I think they'd probably get a third card. Anyway, now they hear that, we'll talk about it. This is important, yeah. important, but we'll talk about it later. The thing that I do like, though, is that the moment that they get to the house and meet with who they think is Marilyn, I don't know if you remember the first time they met Marilyn, she immediately knew Monk and Natalie. Like, no, without hesitation. And this time, I picked it up because I was trying to see what clues they left that it's a yeah. different person, and, like, it's played completely differently, because 
I feel like Madeline too is like very proud of like she's like very type A like Monk hey, you must be Natalie it's like Monk and yeah. what was your name I'm so bad with names which is complete opposite energy that Marilyn had previously you know what I mean yeah yeah and like but the thing is like she could always use the excuse of like oh I'm going through something oh, dramatic well, of course right she now. can use that excuse yeah, I'm saying yeah, that yeah. like no, no, it's for good sure. for the audience to have things that you can look back but there's, on but there's like a, there's like a ton of other things that like I would have never noticed like of as course. we get we'll get to but it the, like, but that's one of those things where like it, you, they're not supposed to be so obvious that you notice it in the moment it's supposed to be where in hindsight it makes sense you know like that's how any good mystery works um because okay, shit. but we're also yeah. we're also talking about Monk on TNT on TBS. The TV, or, USA, sorry, USA. Yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so um, we basically learned that she just was talking to a banker about opening up a new account in Grand Cayman, which is not good. No one, uh, no one. Really, if you open an account in Grand Caymans, you're doing something bad. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to speak ill of that island, but. It, it, it's either you're doing something very bad or you just started a new job in the Grand Cayman Islands. Uh, maybe you're doing hospitality, director for hospitality at the newest hotel. Who knows? Uh, let's just not discount that as well. But are you, did you just get a new job as the director of hospitality at a new hotel in the Cayman Islands? Yeah, but I still got my bank account in Barbados, so oh, I'm, right, doing, right, right. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it on the upper. Oh, now that I think about it, if I remember correctly, I think the Cayman Islands based are not really the main. Uh, country people do that with anymore. I forget why. I think there's some things that change. I think that's like yeah, it's a new one. Um, I know that the Panama Papers like uh, laid that bare kind of. Um, but yeah, I know it's not the Caymans. I'm mostly just thinking like '90s movies, like The Firm, where the whole you know they go to the Grand Cayman Islands and Tom Cruise has sex with a woman on a beach. Um, great stuff. All right. Wait, he does. He does. he does. he does. He does. I haven't seen that movie. So oh, you would fucking love it. It's nothing but character actors and like the plot is like good but not it's like it's almost a little bit nonsensical and it but it's tom cruise just like this movie's gonna be great because i'm a movie star love it love it okay all right um anyway gene hackman's in it and he's a horn dog anyway um and so Marilyn's like Play, playing himself <sighs> you know gene hackman's like 91 and still rides his bike every day around El, uh, santa fe new mexico anyway um listen the only thing i know about gene hackman is he hasn't done a fucking movie in like 20 years he hasn't d- no don't be ridiculous he hasn't done a movie in 17 years it was 2004 it was welcome to mooseport um, so... Oh my god, with Ray Romano? Yes, Ray Romano. That was his last film performance. So... Wow. Marilyn's regretting telling, uh, uh, Roderick about Douglas. Um, and then she, they ask him what car he was driving, and she's like, oh, his normal car. So, the question is, why did he not use his handgun? Um, and Marilyn's like, well, maybe he changed his mind. And, good point. Because he's like, maybe we too loud. Right at, he's in a hotel. Honestly, Honestly yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, absolutely. And, and, um, and so, um, she yeah, mentions, like, what did she mention? She mentions that her, that she's okay because her aunt is flying in tomorrow. Um, oh, right. And so that's kind of like, that's where they like, they kind of like, you know, Monk, it, oftentimes he'll find out that, <laughs> I'll look at this right now. Um, oftentimes, uh, he'll like realize in the middle of like a conversation when he's starting to like you know, figure things out, mm-hmm. he'll just cut it off real quick and he'll yeah. just, like, take off. So they, they take off. Mm-hmm. And that's when he starts to put together that he he thinks that something is up. How did how did he even know that the steak knife was going to be in there, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Like one of the main, yeah. Exactly. And, um, and so he's on his way. They're on their way out. And Marilyn, you know, she goes into the room. She pulls out an envelope. And then she walks into a basement where mm-hmm. you see from the camera angle that there's uh, another blonde woman mm-hmm. uh, appears to be sitting down there. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that she's, uh, you know, being held there against her will. 
And Marilyn, or quote unquote Marilyn, is going straight fucking villain. Like, just like, you. Honestly, it's pretty good. I think Julie Bowen should, like, I could see her being, like, a second tier villain in, like, Whenever, whenever Marvel runs out of good superhero characters to make TV shows about, I could, Julie Bowen could, you know, do a good villain. I believe it. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I, yeah, she, she convinced me in the, in this, uh, instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because And she, so we, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. That we see the person she's talking to is none other than her. They're identical twins. Now, I actually think that they did a pretty good job direction-wise of doing this because usually obviously when there's two a person playing two roles at the same time the camera's almost always static and it always looks obvious like if you know that it's the same person it's like you'll see like a one scene where it's like a bunch of dynamic shots of the camera moving and then whenever it's the two of the same person it's just a straight on shot um and so um and anyway because she basically learned that she's trying to basically get all the money that um marilyn has yeah um, you know, yeah, and, 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 yeah, yeah she has an identical twin, right? Did, did you say that? Yes, I said, sorry about that, yeah, she has an identical twin, um, as a fraternal twin, I re- resent this plot, no, um, yeah, it's, uh, I feel like an identical twin thing is you think you only can do once in a murder show, um, it's always, like, it's, you really need to earn it, I don't know if they earned it, but it's not, it's not egregious, it's not, like, I don't feel like there's a deus ex machina, necessarily. No, no, because it's like, um, because like a lot of it's kind of explained. Like that's who Rod saw. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. also the fact that even she mentions offhandedly that she was adopted, I think, is important. Um, yes. Like it's, it doesn't feel completely out of nowhere. Um, and so, uh, and so, we cut to Monk going into the interrogation room with Brody, and um, uh, Monk's like, "I decided to help you. I decided to really help you because I was hoping she was cheating on you." I figured it was payback. And then this is where Brody's like, for what? For seventh grade? Um, and, uh, yeah. He's, for someone who is uh, being told by the best detective in the world that he's willing to help him, he doesn't seem, the fact that he's even now not willing to apologize is just, like, stupid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, yes, to be fair, um, I'm not sure how long he's been held in custody, so you'll have to excuse him if he's not in, yeah. uh, you know. His I mean, even Amanda Knox uh, said she did it, so yeah, I get it. Um uh, yeah, still water, still in theaters. No, <laughs> I just, I just heard about that. What? Um, about how like Amanda Knox is apparently um, up in arms about still water yeah. being a movie. This is deep in a podcast. I'll admit it. I think she has a point, but I also think that if you're someone who is in like a very public news event, unfortunately, like it just, I, I can't say, I can't honestly say that someone who wants to do a story about someone being accused of murder overseas should have to ask Amanda Knox questions to make the movie. Yeah, like, exactly. I, I just like, don't right, actually believe come on that. Now. Like, I, yeah. I think that, I think she has a point where, like, but that when people, when they're using her to promote it by, like, when if the director's saying, like, it was an Amanda Knox-type story in, like, interviews, I think that that's, like, inappropriate. And I think that they probably should have asked her about it. But I think that, um, I don't know. I just, I have one of the more, I, I just feel like the whole, like, she's like, you know, who gets to tell their own stories? It's like, it really, really sucks, but, like, if your face is all over the news for, like, a year and a half, you can't ask the world just to forget that you exist and not think about you when they're writing things. Like, I just, I can't, you know what I mean? Because, like, there's too much different shit that goes into writing, where, like, if if someone if I, if someone wants to be inspired by a story they see on the news, but it, but it just inspired and not actually, like, do it. And the story of Star Wars seems, like, pretty different than the Amanda Knox story. Like, I can't in good conscience be like, you can't make a story about a American woman in an overseas jail unless you talk to American Knox, Amanda Knox and get her permission. 
Right, and it's like it's not only that, but it's like I, I at this point I'm willing to give Tom McCarthy the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, um, although apparently the movie is not that; it's just fine. Yeah, I mean, no one's saying. I mean, yeah. uh, some people are saying that it's like a an, uh, an amazing uh, movie, or, or like sure. some people are saying that it's really good. But I don't think it's worth getting up in arms about no. it. But then again, I didn't. I'm not her. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to give her the leeway to do all that, and I would want to have a dialogue with her. And ultimately, it's I was actually kind of surprised by because I've heard her on podcasts, and she seems to have as good a good as good of a sense of humor about it as possible. Um, but anyway, uh, so um, they're. Uh, you know, they're arguing about him still having a grudge, and um, Broderick mentions that Monk would splash him sometimes and would say bad things, mean things to him, which is something I wish they went more into detail, because what I found is almost... A lot of the kids who I saw get bullied or even picked on were also incredibly mean themselves. <laughs> like, it was, you know, like, I actually... if I wish they delved deeper into that, because Monk can be very mean... To people, and I actually would be willing to believe that Monk like belittled Ro- Bro- Broderick for being—I mean, Roderick for being stupid—and he like made fun of his clothes or his like not doing well in school. Like, I'd be willing to believe all that, you know? No, for sure. And that's—and that's the funny thing is like all the people that got like punked, not punked, but like all the like the nerdy people in mm-hmm. my high school. They also happen to be, like, massive dicks. Yeah. Like, I, I had nothing to do with any of, like, sure. what anyone did. Like, I didn't give a shit. But mm-hmm. I remember asking one girl in particular. I was like, hey, like, um, we, obviously, this is in the days of Scantrons. Yeah. Remember those? Um, they still have Scantrons. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. Someone, okay, maybe they do. But, like, yeah. someone recently made a joke about that. So I oh. assume that maybe that wasn't oh. the case. okay. I, they um, did when I was in school. Yeah. Um, oh, well. Uh, but anyways, um, I remember I asked her for a pencil. And she's like, get your own. I'm like, oh, okay, great, fantastic. Yeah. So you're just like everybody else. That's, that's I can great. speak from experience because I, when I was a, the, I'm, I, my most subject to bullying, I was the meanest I've ever been. I wish that they had gotten into that more. But anyway, um, Monk then has a moment where he looks at, uh, at the mirror and she says, and he says, um, well, no, for, well, first he says, I think that she was lying, that Marilyn was lying. And then, but he doesn't know why, but then he looks at the mirror and much like our friend Mario, he says, that's a me. Yeah, that's me, and, and he, he's figured this out. Um, he, he's, got, he's finally onto the whole idea of her having twins. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, sorry, I just saw something right there. Um, and so, she, apparently, she, sorry, I was very confused about how I wrote this, but. No worries, that she guess, was, because Monk is being cryptic, where it's like, she was with you and at the hotel. And then says okay. twins, right. yeah, right, um, right, and so that, and then, and so we go. We kind of is this where we kind of go to like where the house. We go to the inner cut between her and the house and the outside. So we learn right. that uh, the sister, who we learn her name Patrice, um, yeah, tranquilized uh, Marilyn, and um, we learn apparently. Uh, the only reason she knows that she exists is because her lawyer, the lawyer who did the adoption, reached out. Um, and no, when, no, sorry, the, no, no, no. He didn't do the adoption. no, sorry, the firm, He's only thirty-seven, sorry. right, yeah. right, the firm. Yeah, he worked for the firm. They had worked on her original adoption papers, and she had no idea that she even had a sister until <laughs> Fendel yes. showed up. Exactly. And so, basically, at the end of the day, this is all about the other sister, Patrice, finding out about her sister mm-hmm. and knowing that she had a bunch of money and wanting the cash. So, yeah, they wanted the cash <clears> and uh, the cash. The cash. They wanted the cash. <laughs> and and 
And not only that, um, Fendel was a part of it. They were yeah. both going to basically extort or figure out some way to get all of them. I guess they were planning to kill uh, Marilyn this whole time? They're planning on... Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Fendel so, deserved to die. Let's yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Stamar and Disha roll up, and they meet uh, Monk and Natalie, and they say, yeah, she has a twin sister, Patri- Patrice Gesner. Um, they're identical twins. And I love uh, that uh, Randy's like, I said it was twins. And Stamar's like, you always say twins. Um, yeah, which uh, I, I will chalk it up to knowing what kind of, uh, uh, let's just say, uh, adult content uh, Randy would be. No, I think he was just way too, he was too big into, what was it, the Bud Light commercials, the, and twins. I'm not familiar with that commercial. Well, anyway, uh, so, <laughs> yeah. someone is, um, if we had still so, listeners. And so Monk starts to get into, like, some of the subtle details of how he fucking knew that. Mm-hmm. Marilyn wasn't Marilyn. Mm-hmm. And basically the first time... She had mentioned that she had an aunt in Texas. Yeah. And the next time that they talked to Marilyn... She says an aunt. She, aunt. And the first time that they met Marilyn, she was biting her fingernail, fingernails. Mm-hmm. And the second time they met her, they were perfectly manicured. Which is not to say that she couldn't have just had them done after, but... Sure. But they, if they look natural, that, you probably could probably... Also, Monk probably could tell. He's smart enough to see, like... It's yeah, a yeah, completely yeah. artificial. Um, right. Also, I'd be fucked because I definitely use aunt and aunt interchangeably. I usually, if I'm Same. talking about one specific person, if I'm talking about my aunt Don, I say aunt Don. But if I'm saying an aunt, I usually like if I say like I'm going I, to visit my aunt. One hundred percent with you. Yeah. Um, so I'd be fucked. He would think I had a twin, which I do have a twin, but he's not identical. Um, and so as this is happening, uh, Patrice is trying to uh, kill um, Marilyn by drowning her. They're gonna find up her body in the bay. And that's why she has to fill the bathtub up with salt water. Honestly, smart move. Um, yeah, I just had a bunch of questions about when you transport the body to the ocean, like how that's going to translate. Unclear. Sure. Yeah, Unclear. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, I'm at, I feel bad for Marilyn because this has got to be the scariest thing in the world, just yourself showing. Like, this is the film Us really happening to her, um, as far yeah. as she knows. Um, and, uh, you know... She says, like, you probably don't even know my name. It's Patrice, um, which, uh, you know, a worse name than Marilyn. Um, but anyway, that m- monkey, I, I mean, sorry, Patrice, I, I think of Patrice, it sounds like a man's, it sounds like a Canadian man's name, honestly, to me. But, um, so. Damn. Patrice Bergeron was a hockey player. Um, and then there's Patrice O'Neill, obviously. Yeah, Patrice and, O'Neill, yeah, yeah. Rest in peace. But anyway, um, they can't fight, they're still waiting for the warrant, but. Uh, Marilyn managed to get out of help, uh, and so that's probable cause. And they bust in, and they uh, they take Marilyn out of the bath and take in a handcuff Patrice. And I do love Randy's like, how do we know which one's which? Yeah, and stops just like uh, I think the one that was well, let's arrest the one that wasn't drowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, fair enough. Yeah, and so um, Roderick gets home at the end, and Monk is he feels terrible. He says it's the worst comeuppance ever. Um, and, uh, Which it is, yeah. in a way. Yeah, and so Roderick's like, you saved my family, my life. And I'm sorry about the swirly thing. No hard feelings, right? Which, you can't apologize and say no hard feelings, right? Like, that's just like... Well, he didn't apologize. He just said no hard feelings. That's all it was. Oh, right, 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 right. right. Yeah, sorry, he doesn't say sorry. Yeah, he says no hard feelings. You can't say that. You can't... That's just... Anyway. I know, this was, this was a cherry on the I fucking hate this uh, 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 Sunday. Yeah. 
Uh, so he then says, he's like, you hear him saying to his wife, you know, he used to wash his hand, hands ten times a day, which once again, like, I just don't believe that. You don't have to be smart to be this rich, but you have to be worldly to be this rich, and there's no way he doesn't realize, like, oh, wait, Monk has mental illness. <laughs> like, there's no way that he doesn't put that together. I just refuse to believe that he's that much of an idiot. Um, right. Right. I mean, I think that that's like this is a microcosm of I think one of the bigger problems with Monk generally is that there are so many scenes where it's like okay, there's no way that the person would think that Monk's just weird. Obviously, they would think that there's something wrong with him. You know, what I mean, I think this happens over and over. Um, but this is a bad example of it. Uh, but Monk then says, "You hear that? It's the toilet tank refilling, the toilet tank of life, the great cosmic swirly, which is of course the name of my uh, house band." It's um, a good name. Yeah. What do you give this upside of ten? Uh, I gave it a 7. This is one of the first times in a while that we've had a whole one-point gap. I gave it an 8. I don't hate this episode nearly as much as you do. Um, I think I just don't mind it because I don't mind that Monk actually going to ask because the episode never done a side about it. It wasn't just that. It's because I'm I'm a big no no Emmerich head and I yeah. just hate that like, he yeah, just end up being... He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't have what he plays is just not interesting in either way. He's neither the yeah, bad guy exactly. nor is he in, nor is he Monk's foil, which I think is a problem. Um, right. If he was like a bad guy, like for sure, I think he could have nailed it. But yeah, it was or like if not. or if his purpose in it was to point out how bad Monk was at all times, I think that that would be. Um, whereas he kind of just plays like no one, like an idiot. Um, but anyway, right. you can follow the show at Strictly Monk, and where people follow you. You can follow me at Andre Barrera. You can follow me at Jay Christie. Please rate, review, subscribe, share the show with the biggest monk fan in your life. And more important than that, we're gonna next uh, later this week. We're gonna be talking about one of the most important episodes of the show. Some might say, for the wrong reasons, one of the best episodes of the show. I think that you know, the phrase "taking out the trash" is uh, is used a lot. Um, but uh, damn, no, that's that's rude. We're talking about Mr. Monk and the Magician. Sim sim salabim. Let's get monkey.